You are listening to the Enormo Cast. La Sportiva is a proud sponsor of the Enormo Cast, and though they could rest on their laurels, keep tossing mirrors at my thick skull, and watch me stroke them like one of Lenny's doomed rabbits. La Sportiva has, in fact, dropped several innovations on us for the summer. Behold the Kataki, a lace-up version of the laser-guided Otaki, in case you need to squeeze more blood out of your toes to hit that jib. And the venerable Mythos has been updated to the Mythos Eco, a shoe made from 95% recycled materials and clean processing. And the Maverink, a fun, customizable shoe for kids, designed for a more comfortable, less restrictive fit on growing feet. Just a thing to convince them they love climbing before video games steal their souls and they never want to step outside again. So head to Sportiva.com or your local climbing retailer to check out all of Sportiva's new goods. And remember, when you support Sportiva, you support the Enormacast. Look, folks, hear me now, listen to me later, believe me a couple weeks from now. If you're still belaying your friends with your head tipped back, your mouth open like some three-chin bucktooth gaper, then you're totally blowing it. If you're halfway through your road trip and rubbing your neck in pain every night, then you're totally blowing it. If you're staring at the ground while your best friend is up there squealing and grunting in fear like a trapped weasel, then you're totally blowing it. Stop blowing it and become a better, happier, and safer belayer by going to blazebex.com and entering EnormaCast at checkout. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? You, are you playing here? We're doing the uh, Enormo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's out. Out town. That's a big nice. place. You sold it out. I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes and the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enorma Cast. This is your host, Chris Caloose. It is about 11 o'clock on June 6th, 2017, or if you prefer, zero PFS. And on today's show, episode 130 of the Enorma Cast, a conversation with Italian climber Jacopo Larcher, not Jacopo Larcher, as you might have thought and read. It's difficult to say his name correctly with a big, clumsy American mouth. An Italian does, in fact, make... American English seemed like some sort of idiom for brutes. But when I went on a trip with the family to Sirana in February, I caught up with Jacopo and got him to sit down, which was awesome. He was there climbing with his special lady friend and a Norma Cass favorite, at least the Royal Wee's favorite, Babsy Zangar. And in fact, 
pretty much up until I sat down with Yokopo, I just thought of him as Babsy's boyfriend. And secretly, I was like, he doesn't deserve her. But in fact, he does. <laughs> they get along great. They're an amazing partnership. So I'll put that behind me. Anyway, the news to tell you about is that the Royal We, along with the Entourage, will be headed up to Lander to the International Climbing Festival again this year, for sure. And that is July 12th to the 16th. We will be making the scene up there, doing our thing, hanging out, climbing a little bit, just being there, really. Um, I'm going to MC the speaker night as well, but mostly we're there just to hang out and have a good time. Um, I really highly recommend that festival. I've been for years and years and years in a row. Lander's a great town, great climbing town, super fun festival, free camping in the park. It's a nice place to be that time of year if you're rolling through, should check it out. And of course, there's the Lander Bar, one of the great climbing bars of all time. You can get tickets, just find out what's going on up there at climbersfestival.org. I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I'm not sure if the uh, mobile studio is going to make it up there this year. It's, uh, you know, it's getting a little bit creaky even for that trip. It's just kind of exhausting to drive that far in that thing. Six hours, seven hours, eight hours, however hell long it takes going 60 miles an hour. And that's if there's no headwind. And there's always a fucking headwind in Wyoming. Doesn't matter which way you're going. That's why the people are so tough. But the Enormacast Entourage will be up there, so hopefully we'll hang out. So I caught up with Jacopo on a day after he had... Thrown a few laps on his project at the time, La Rambla, the 9A, the infamous 9A in Sirana in the El Pati sector, which uh, he ended up doing after we left, not too long after we left, and also after a few beers that night. So it's kind of funny because his English starts out strong and it starts to kind of fall apart a little bit in the end of the uh, interview, but we did our best, and the Italian accent, you know, it's still wonderful to hear, so... And anybody who's tried to hold up a conversation in a foreign tongue for a long time knows what it's like when the little rubber bands running the motors up there start to snap. But he's fluent in English and he made a valiant effort, so I appreciate that. So I hope you enjoy this one. A little foreign flavor from across the pond. A conversation with Yokopo Larker. was tiring. Yeah. <laughs> it was really windy. And uh, yeah, we went climbing at El Pati. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Trying to, to do some sport climbing again after so much multi-pitch yeah. action. And it was really good. Yeah, so is, that, is this trip kind of... Um, I mean, you, you, you were, as a younger guy, sport climbing was your, was your thing. Well, competition climbing, then sport climbing. Then you sort of found multi-pitch climbing. Is this sort of something, like, is this trip kind of a, let's, let's settle down and we'll <laughs> just go and have some fun and, and focus on a, on a sport climb? 
Yeah, actually, we are always like doing a lot of sport climbing mm -hmm. winter because we are traveling all the year mm -hmm. more for like multi pitch climbing or trail climbing, and so we really like to stay, especially like December and January, to stay at home, train, mm -hmm. and then do a, like a just easy sport climbing trip right. in February, March. Right. So yeah, it's kind it's kind of a routine for us to okay. do it every year. Does it is it tricky for you to? change your mindset into you know i mean you're you're like projecting you're on that mode right now yeah now yes and going back to this climb you know every other day or however many days you can manage to to try and you're working on la rambla so mm -hmm. i mean is it hard for you to make that switch or are you just like is it just climbing to you uh no it's just climbing mm -hmm. and i think for me it's really important to have like this uh, i say like to change what I'm doing over the mm -hmm. year, because otherwise I, I will I will lose my motivation. Mm -hmm. So it's really important, easy for me to switch from one like from one aspect of climbing to the other. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and this is it's like you when you're here and and even for me, you know, as an American, it's like I get over to Spain and it's like this reunion of all these climbers I know from. Not just uh, not just the U.S., but from the world. Yeah, everybody's here. Like, yeah. I meet more people here than at home. Like, right. I go to the bakery and <laughs> right, all your friends are there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, half everybody's of our here. town is here. Yeah, right. Half of, everybody's here. Half of, really. uh, like the the Roaring Fork Valley is where I live, mm -hmm. and um, half the climbing scene is actually just like staying a block away from here. So. Yeah, it's really cool. That like it's like a meeting point for everybody, mm -hmm. and still after so many years, like Sirana was one of the first place I think for climbing in in Spain in Europe and still mm -hmm. after so many years it's still a meeting point for everybody. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We were just joking before we started recording is is that you're you're trying to climb one of the harder routes here, uh, very famous 9A 9A plus. Yeah. Which god knows what is that? 15 something by 15 uh, or such thing well i think 15 yeah yeah I, in, in that really bad in that zone and, <laughs> and a or uh, you know you've you've been a. having to kind of like share the route with quite a few people in the last yeah it was weeks. crazy like yeah i <laughs> i didn't expect to see so many people there mm -hmm. didn't expect to to have to wait in a, a line yeah but yeah all the strong kids were going nobody out. on the 70 plus i was working on today <laughs> yeah. so. but there were like five or six people <laughs> trying my rambler yeah it's crazy somehow it's really cool to see so many like strong and motivated people yeah. trying the same route and it's a really historical route so mm -hmm. it's cool to see like how the climb climbing has evolved over the years yeah and i don't know when this will come out but margot hayes that was the latest news that she just Senate, um, which debatably is the first woman to climb 15A. I think so. Yeah. yeah. There's like, there's like ones that were like, like slash nine A slash plus or whatever. Yeah. So it's a little bit in, in foggy, but nevertheless an amazing achievement. It was really you know. cool to see her. Yeah. Like, I I didn't know her, uh -huh. and I went there and. Um, she just like introduced herself. Hi, I'm Margot, and then she starts climbing and. Uh, I knew that she was trying the route, but I didn't know that she was so close. Right. And then, like, at that try, she fell off the last star move or whatever, and they looked like she was climbing in a 7A. It looks right. so easy and was so inspiring to see her climbing. And then, yeah. Then later, we... 
and we got the new that she climbed it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't been over there yet this year. Um, actually, I, I probably won't go, but I spent a bunch of time two years ago over there because uh, the the route actually that was really popular with some with people was La Reina Mora, which is a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, still heinous. But, uh, and uh, Ethan Pringle was working on mm -hmm. it. And so I ended up over there. I actually ended up over there the day he sent it, which was pretty cool. Um, and it was cool. the same thing. It was like a bunch of people working those routes and, and like just ecstatic when somebody would do them, which, yeah. was, which was pretty cool. So uh, it's too bad you missed the send though for Margo. She was, it looked so easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. <laughs> really, really easy. How's, we'll move on, but how's it yeah. going for you? Uh, wow. Well, not so bad like okay. good <laughs> I, I haven't tried so much i think mm -hmm. today was my second or third day right. on uh yeah at yeah, 27 you're probably like the oldest dude trying it right now over there uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no not really but that, no, sometimes i feel old yeah exactly <laughs> well especially like i'm setting a lot of comms uh-huh and um yeah, there are just, I feel old. I'm like, I feel like the old man who's setting comps and there are all these young kids. Mm -hmm. So young. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a sport that's really, um, I don't know. It's kind of focusing up on that, but I think with competition climbers and then the ones who do like you did graduate to climbing outside and sort of climbing on your own and, mm -hmm. and making your own kind of motivations and, um, you know that that does happen a little bit later with a lot of kids yeah but, but yeah the, there's a lot of really good young climbers and yeah, really 27 is like you're starting to age out a little bit yeah. <laughs> how do you think i feel <laughs> i can't call myself a young climber anymore no but... you don't get to be the young no, rad climber no. now you're just another 27 yeah. year old guy euro guy that can Almost crank. 30. <laughs> Uh, I want to actually talk a little bit about the Zodiac to yeah. you, as long as we're focusing on climbs, because this is like, you know, you've got uh, here, you're hammering out a, a project, you know, getting up late, going up, drinking coffee, going out. And it's easy life. <laughs> giving, giving it a try. But you guys recently freed the Zodiac, which was, um, I think we talked about maybe the third free ascent of it. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the motivation there, like going and, and trying these big wells. Did you guys... What was your style in terms of how you approached that uh, approach? That reading you were climbing with Babsy, yeah, with Zan, uh, Barbara Zangirl. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, our approach. So, but for us, it's really important when we do a project together. We are mm -hmm. always climbing together, but like for us, it's really important that we both like sand all the pitches. Mm -hmm. It's not just we don't climb as a team just to um, to make it easier, right? We just just to share the experience. So for us, it's really important to share all these adventures together. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's really important to both like send the route. Like we climb for our own. And so yeah, the style we we knew that the route was really hard. Mm -hmm. So we we decided not to try it uh, like in one single push. Right. So we decided to go round up without uh, rappelling down. And yeah, we started working on the on the route. We did several, we spent several days on the wall working on the on the single pitches. And then when we felt ready for for the real attempt, we just like wrapped down and we started. Mm -hmm. So we worked, I think, for sure more than ten days, mm -hmm. the single pitches, like on several attempts. And then, yeah, we started from the ground and we swing lead mm -hmm. on the easier pitches, like 
up to 12A, and okay. then we both led all the other speeches. So you, you guys just came up with a style that, that fit uh, sort of your goals as not just as single couple or single climbers, but as a couple as well. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so off the ground, how hard are those pitches right off the ground? But the first pitch is not so harsh. No. Or like it's pretty hard for the grade. I think right. it's seven, six, eight or six feet, but okay. pretty hard. Then there is a seven C plus on okay. the second pitch. Then it gets easier until the beginning of the white circle. Mm -hmm. And then basically all the hard pitches are concentrated on, in the right. white circle. And, and when you guys did it as a push, how long did you stay up there? So we stayed five days. Okay. Uh, yeah, we top out like in the morning of the fifth day. Mm -hmm. And so on the first day we climb up to the um, white circle. Mm -hmm. And then we spent, yeah, three days in the white circle and then we top out mm -hmm. on the next day. We actually packed for 10 days. Oh, Because wow. our trip was about to finish. Okay. And we kind of knew you that... You needed to get out of camp for yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> The rangers were hot yeah. on you. We're like breathing down your neck. And you thought, oh, we'll just stay up there for the last Yeah, just 10 whatever, days. just stay there. <laughs> now, we kind of knew that I'm it was impossible to do like two tries. Mm. So we just say, okay, just pack for 10 days and we'll, we'll just stay, stay up on the wall. Yeah. We can get it done. What uh, time of year was it? It was November. Uh -huh. like, yeah, I think yeah. we arrived on 15th of October and we stayed for one month and we did our attempt on like. Yeah, beginning of November. And that, you had pretty good conditions? Yeah, it was super good. Like, we had, I think, 20 days of good weather. It was okay. super hot, so we had to climb at night. Okay, that's it the was, new thing. Yeah, everybody was climbing at yeah. night. But yeah. We were, yeah, we were not alone. Like, Adam was always climbing at right. night on the downwall. It was really funny, because we mostly climbed until, I think, 11 or something like that and we went to sleep and he kept on climbing all night so sometimes we just woke up because he was like screaming super loud oh, really? wow, what's going on like <laughs> you are, okay that's awesome because yeah. yeah at night the sound really travels up there yeah you know, yeah like, you can hear people just talking yeah. even like way I mean, over on yeah. the nose sometimes yeah so, so here's... it was really like quiet and then one moment we just were <laughs> You're like, shut up. Yeah. We didn't realize what was going on at the beginning. And then, yeah, we just saw his headlamp. Right, you thought somebody like just fell to their death yeah. or something, right? So. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we need, like, we had to get used to it at the beginning. Climb at night wasn't mm -hmm. so easy for us. But then when you get used to it, it's not so bad. Right. You can chill all day on the portal edge and wish dash food and water before. So we had a lot of right. like, good stuff to eat. <laughs> So, but isn't it kind of strange to just like chill on the portal ledge all day? How, is that fine? Like, was it hard to do that? You seem like someone that might not want to just sit there. But no, it was I'm cool. quite like I always need to do something. Right, normally. right. And you so bring it's some knitting or like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're painting, doing something up there. No, I was just sleeping all day oh, okay. actually. Was, but. Yeah, it's hard. At the beginning, it was hard just to lay down all day, and especially like it was super hot, so you you just you get super tired. <laughs> <laughs> and but it was okay. Mm -hmm. it was a, like a real rest day because you right. can't move and just have to wait. And then we normally like I climb at night because I'm really not a morning person, mm -hmm. so I had a really hard time climbing in the morning. And Babsy climbed in the morning, so okay. if normally she woke up, I don't know, like at four. 
just prepare me one coffee, give me the coffee mug, put the Grigri on, and I right. just be laying from this laying back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good team effort. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So when when you started, uh, you started off as kid climber, right? Pretty young. Uh, I started at, uh, when I was ten years old. Okay. Ten, nine, ten years old. Yeah. What did that look like? Yeah, I was basically the only kid climbing in the at the time in the mm-hmm. climbing gym because um, there was a really small climbing gym mm-hmm. in my hometown. And where where are we, where are we talking about? Uh, Bolzano. Bolzano. It's like, give me a region. It's uh, South Tyrol, okay. in, like in the north of Italy, sure, close sure. to the Austrian border. And so at the time there was just a really small gym and I, um, I took part in this climbing course and then yeah, I fell in love with climbing and so I just started to spend all my afternoons in the climbing gym, right. climbing, climbing, <laughs> until uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to share this passion with other kids. And so I had this opportunity to uh, compete, mm-hmm. take part in a competition. Um, yeah, I took part and I kind of like it. And so I kept on competing for many years Right. until I decided to stop. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it, it, you know, I asked that question a lot and I, I had sort of looked it up, but um, just this like, it's so universal, this thing, like this this kid who kind of finds climbing and all of a sudden that's all they want to do. And uh, I don't know, it's it's universal, but it also can be, it's kind of rare, you know, like of all the kids that'll go to a, a party or go and do a little bit of climbing and everything else, there's, there's like the one little fiend who's <laughs> like, this is my thing now, right? And you were, you were like the only kid climbing at this little gym at the time and, uh, you know, going to school and stuff like that. Were you also playing sports at school or, or those sorts of things? Or were, yeah, I was, yeah. but like I slowly started just to climb mm-hmm. and like I, I let all the other sports. Right. But for sure, like as a kid, I tried out a lot of sports mm-hmm. and uh, like climbing was the one I, I liked the most. When did you start climbing outdoors? I went climbing outdoors with my father mm-hmm. sometimes, immediately just after I started climbing. But um, like I started to climb outside more often when I was, I think, 14, okay. 15. And were you, like, I was, was going to say, typically, were you climbing with adults at that point, or had you found yeah, some, yeah? no, just adults. Right. Because, yeah, there wasn't a real climbing scene, mm-hmm. like a junior climbing scene at the mm-hmm. time. And now, they like, they open a lot of new gyms, and so there are a lot of kids starting. Sure, sure. When I go to the gym now, I can see a lot of, like, groups of kids climbing together, and I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time, yeah, I was just going climbing with my father or I was training alone in the gym or like thanks to two good friends, um, which were way older than me, we, I started climbing outside. So I made the first trips with them, like I went to Seyus or Slovenia and yeah, that's how I basically started to sport climbing outside. Okay. And was your, were your folks, were your parents? Like happy to that you were sent going off to these places with these like random people. I don't know. I kind of always, I I like to ask all these questions because yeah, I, I I'm just trying to get a feel for because I I started climbing later, right? I wasn't a kid, so my parents had no no uh, say in what I was doing by the yeah. time I was climbing. Um, I'm just always curious. I think they they always support me somehow, mm-hmm. and they were like super happy with what I was doing mm-hmm. but what was really cool is that they never pushed me mm-hmm. so like 
I never felt that I had to climb because of them. So like they helped me if I I asked for help. Otherwise, they just like let me do what I was doing. Do you have brothers and sisters? No, no, only child. Only child. So you're you're out at all these places climbing with older older kids or older guys, guys. right? And uh, so what was that like? I mean, in terms of just going out and seeing the world as as a kid with a uh, a bunch of adults <laughs> or a bunch of grown up kids anyway. Yeah, like at the time I just wanted to climb, yeah. so I didn't care if I was in France, in Spain, or in Italy. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to climb, and then later on, I really started to appreciate like the the traveling that climbing involves. Mm-hmm. And for me now, traveling is one of the most important part of climbing. Some somehow climbing has became like a, a way to travel. So yeah, that's the big difference maybe between uh, now and before. So you you're a competition climber, and you said at one point you just decided that that was. That was sort of not something. It was exactly because of yeah. traveling. Because, oh, okay. Because like when you do a lot of competitions, you travel really a lot. Like I start to travel to Australia, mm-hmm. US, uh, South America, wherever. Um, but you always travel and you see just a gym. Mm-hmm. You basically go. Uh, I remember I went to Australia for like four days. So you just arrive there, go to a gym, and you can't see anything else. And I didn't like this, and so I. Like after two or three years where I started to get always less motivated for competition, I decided sure. just to quit because I, I wanted to see like also the places where I was. Sure. That's why I stopped, I think. Yeah, or go climb, uh, go climb somewhere like in Australia, <laughs> like a Rapalese yeah. or like the Yeah, Blue but that's Ma- weird. Yeah, right, but right. It's not just about climbing, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, you bought the ticket, like, I'm here. Yeah. Wait, we're leaving? <laughs> What's up? I just, I'm yeah, not even over the I'm... jet lag. Like, <laughs> no, let's go. Yeah. I always say that I've never been to Australia because I just went to a climbing gym in there, right? And you haven't been back? No. No, okay. Well, there's a lot of places to go. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I bet, yeah, yeah. I heard that. But... Yeah. That's... It's next to it for me. Mm-hmm. And so then you, you, you turn into sort of a, a traveling b- climber, but a sport climber still, or a boulderer, or what, what, yeah, kinda, like, what did your climbing look like then in terms uh, of leaving competition behind? I think I spent the following two years just sport climbing and bouldering mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I was kind of looking for something new, but I didn't know what. Right. So, yeah, I just traveled around the world for sport climbing and bouldering. Uh-huh. Until then, I kind of felt the desire, the need of trying something different, like mm-hmm. something more, um, I say, like complex. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I start trying out new things, like track climbing, multi pitch climbing, and and then I, like, I fell in love with this aspect of climbing, sure. and so I start to do more of that. Okay. And what were you doing in terms of uh, like funding your uh, your new lifestyle? You were young, living with your folks, and then how are you stringing together a lifestyle with climbing over the the different years? Do you mean like um, now working? Yeah, working, or... making money, putting okay. food in your mouth. Whether yeah, you're so... a professional <laughs> climber or no, what time, you were before. No, like, yeah, I was right. still studying. Yeah. So um, when I was at home, I was working a lot as root setter. Okay, I'm still doing it, and that's how I made my my money, mm-hmm. like the money for climbing, and basically use all my money for go climbing. Sure, <laughs> to go climbing for sure. Like my parents helped me a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Thanks, then like 
I got some some new sponsors right. and I start to settle it a bit less and travel more mm -hmm. and that's how it's going now. <laughs> right, right. And it's interesting that's like, uh, I mean, I know that gyms pay root setters in the States, but it seems like something that, you know, you can actually make some money at. Yeah, it's like especially at the big, now at the time. Right. It's uh, it's really not easy, but it you can make a, a live out of it. Right. Definitely. Right. Yeah. There are so many gyms and there are still not so many root setters. Uh huh. And there is really a lot of work. Even where we are living, we are living is not like a really big town, right. but there are four or five gyms. Uh, within like 30 minutes drive uh-huh so you can really do a lot of work to do and you're living in Austria now. yeah I'm living yeah. in Austria How, you're pretty it's kind of the uh, in the same sort of general region as where you grew up just across the border or you know just across no now in another place mm -hmm. but I spent a lot of time in uh, in Innsbruck okay it was just like one hour driving right. from from my hometown right so yeah they speak another language but it's kind of the same culture mm -hmm. so for me it's like to be at home okay uh, yeah, it's not like a, there is not a big difference mm -hmm. between Bolzano and where I live now so when you when you again you're this really accomplished sport climber and you decide to sort of turn to 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 doing bigger stuff mm -hmm. what were the first kind of experiences with that like I had a really hard time at the yeah. beginning because I was like Thinking, okay, I am. Um, I can climb, let's say, eight B sport. Mm -hmm. I can climb eight B in the mountains. Sure, yeah, of course, but, it'd yeah. be easy, yeah. But no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a, a lot of slap in my face, uh -huh. and yeah, start learning everything, and it was like restarting to climb, uh -huh. uh, like relearn how to climb. It took me a long time to to like to be able to express myself in the mountains as I was climbing, uh, like when sport climbing. I mean, can you talk literally about like what the inspiration was? Were you were you reading about these things? Or were you just driving by them or hearing about this kind of world of these big roots and and what it was like and and that sort of thing? Like, where did this inspiration come from? But I think like I grew up in a mountain region, mm -hmm. so for me it was kind of normal to be in the mountains mm -hmm. and so with the time it was normal to climb in the mountains and sure I mean, I'm not an alpinist I'm just like trying to rock climb in the mountains right yeah and yeah I think I was just looking for something more like more complete a more complete uh, adventure sure and you know like with sport climbing you just go to the crag do your your try climb 10 minutes then you hang out all day and when you climb a multi-pitch in the mountains you are you're leaving early you spend the whole day on a wall you have yeah there are a lot of factors that are involved mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I really like that yeah you, know, you have to care about the weather about the partners and also that like when you go sport climbing it's more you do it for yourself mm -hmm. it's just about yourself and when you do something uh, in the mountains or you do a multi-pitch it's really important to share it with a partner mm -hmm. and that makes like the whole experience better i think and now like with Babs is super cool because we're not sharing just our lives but mm -hmm. we're also sharing our passion how long have you guys been together uh four years now. four years no. and how long have you known each other 
uh, four years. Oh, really? <laughs> you just swooped in there? Yeah. Just like no, that. You need longer, but. Yeah, right. But it happened pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's really interesting to meet a couple or to see a couple who are, have such good parity in terms of ability, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and maybe it's the way you guys climb and set your goals. But yeah, you, you appear to be about as close in, mm-hmm. in sort of ability and motivation as almost anyone I've ever met in terms of climbing couples. Um, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think we are both super motivated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we push, we push like each other even more. Oh, really? And yeah, it works good. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of have the same goal, so it's quite easy. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, it's perfect all the time. You guys never have any no, problems. No, no, sure. Everybody has problems. <laughs> I'm sure. It's better but, not to have them on a portal ledge. Right? right, right. Well, they happen <laughs> on portal ledges too. Um, so let, let me go back to a question I asked earlier. Who did you turn to in terms of in your life or around you to uh, to get this experience in the mountains? And, and was there anyone specific or were not, you able to find people to... Not really. I just yeah. tried to go out with friends like... Mm-hmm. I knew a lot of guys who were climbing in the mountain, like in the mountains, so multi-pitch routes and stuff. But yeah, I just went out with different friends all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. and then yeah, then I met Pepsi and I started climbing more with her. Mm-hmm. What were some of the first um, or some of the real memorable experiences early on with with some of these climbs that you did and or uh, tried to do, or maybe learned something important on? Uh, in the beginning it wasn't really at the beginning but yeah. it was really funny the first basically was our first date with Pepsi. okay <laughs> we went out for um, to do like a really long multi-pitch on the Dolomites mm-hmm. which is uh, should be like a classic it's not so hard it's just a hard pitch at the beginning and so we were sure to make it like easy and be super fast did you guys have uh, did you both know and understand that it was a date or were uh, you just climbing together? No, so we were already together, but oh, it was like okay. our first uh, okay, I got climbing you. trip together. No, that's uh, that's been a, a long <laughs> sort of discussion on the on the program okay. about the what we call the date that's not a date that's actually really a date <laughs> where you're climbing with someone you're interested in, but you're just like climbing together. No, no, you guys we were, were okay. It we was were uh, on the table. It was yeah, above board. It was okay. Clear. So, okay, go back to the story then. <laughs> no, and so we're like, <laughs> it was like a six C route or something like that. We were sure to make it super easy to mm-hmm. end up, and um, we we were we planned to to be at the top like at four or something like that to get the last um, uh, not lift. What's the name? The, the gondola mm-hmm. to go down. But yeah, we ended up like at eight o'clock in the evening, somewhere in the middle of the world. World, we got lost. Uh, we didn't have sleeping bags, so we had to bail. I will never, I had never like to bail on such an easy route. Like I got a slap on my face, right, she right, too, right. and we understood that it, we had to start again from the beginning. It wasn't the same as board climbing. And she was, early, it was early in sort of her, her big route motivations as well. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were kind of learning uh, together. Yeah. I mean, we did before yeah. some more like sport climb multi sure. And that was the first uh, real experience on mm-hmm. uh, like a more alpine route. Right. But it lit a spark. You guys were still stoked. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like a good date. <laughs> yeah, you survived together, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, that can be something, honestly, it can be something that... But it teaches us yeah, that... Like, draws somebody it, together or it can, you know, be like the worst day ever. Yeah, it's yeah. true. No, but you're still it, smiling, so... Yeah, yeah, the day after. <laughs> right, right. No, but it teaches us that even like if I wrote it... Maybe the, like the grade is easy sure. and it's not supposed to be super hard. Uh, you have to be to uh, to be really experienced to um, to move like in that environment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a really good lesson. Right. You kind of have to be humble, even if uh, yeah, in the mountains you always have to be humble. Actually, uh -huh. it doesn't matter if you try something hard or easy. That's that was the biggest lessons probably. Right. So what about transitioning into being um, a bit of a, or a professional climber? Um, is that just kind of been, come in sort of piece by piece, adding a little bit of revenue here and there? Um, or has it been something that you were sort of actively going after? As a young climber, I also had this big dream of to become like a professional climber. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, but it kind of came like alone, like piece by piece so mm -hmm. I mean it's not what I was expecting at the beginning you know you always think okay as a professional climber I just to climb right I just travel all the all the year just climbing and you also have a lot of like obligations you have to do a lot of stuff but it's super cool you have to like, talk to me exactly super tiring after a day of climbing <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I mean it's so cool you can like you meet so many people and you're always around and it's such a big dream just to um, to be able to combine your passion with with the work. Actually. Sure, it's, like, it's not a work for me, you know. It's right. Like, right. It's called professional, but for me, it's just I'm living my dream. So. Sure, that's pretty awesome. That's cool. Yeah, and your parents are like uh, on board with this career of yours. Yeah, for maybe for them it's not a dream. <laughs> right. <laughs> now you know, like as a parent, I think parents always want um, that the kid like get a fixed job or right. like some something like fixed uh -huh. so at the beginning i think for them was really hard especially mm -hmm. for my father but now they're really happy because uh, they see that uh, i can make a leave out of it mm -hmm. and i'm i'm happy i think for them is the, the most important thing so let, let me ask you a little bit about traveling too you, you said that that was sort of this motivator that got you a little bit away from sport climbing because it was um sort of too narrow and in its scope and where it would go and where, what you could see. Tell me about some, some of your experiences that you've had in terms of going to a place that just blew your mind. But for me, like one of the best places I've ever been, is, I think it's South Africa. Mm -hmm. I just went there for bouldering, but I completely fell in love with the place. It's so cool, like the culture is completely different and the place is just amazing. It's just a place where I, I felt really good. Mm -hmm. Um, there were a lot of positive vibes around mm -hmm. and I really liked the landscape, the, um, it's just the landscape I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was just a place that I really liked and a place that I really didn't like was Siberia. I okay. went there last year and it was yeah. completely different. <laughs> we had a really hard time with like all the papers and like visum and stuff and we caught some problem with the police and it was, it was a completely different experience mm -hmm. but the climbing there was really cool it was really nice like you know like in my mm, imagination uh, I always 
talked about when I thought about Siberia, I always talking about like a completely flat land, cold, with no no rock. And then we ended up climbing there on some big walls. It was really really cool. How big? Uh, like five hundred meters, six hundred meters. Really? Yeah. It was really cool because we, like, we flew there. We we then we drove, we walked, and for many days we didn't see any rock, anything. Like everything was flat, and then. Uh, just in the middle of nowhere, we, we saw these three big pillars that looked like a cap. And it was really cool. How did you find that place? I saw some Australians went there the year before us mm-hmm. and they published an article on Alpinist. And we, we read it and we contacted them and we shared some infos and then we went there with, together with some friends. Who went? Uh, the Poe brothers, Hans Ogauer and Sibbe Van He. Okay. Yeah, we spent there, I think, five, no, four weeks. Uh-huh. Just putting up, new, right. putting up new roots was really cool. Like, you know when you are in a place in the middle of nowhere with just a lot of rock, no roots? Mm-hmm. It was like a huge playground for us. Free climbing? Yeah, just free climbing. Right. It was really cool. No mosquitoes, though. A lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> I didn't want to. Be, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that because I hope to, <laughs> to forget people, it. <laughs> oh, to forget it. Never, never remember again. It was like a nightmare. <laughs> it was a real nightmare. Like we had such a hard time with them. They were anywhere on the wall, and you know, like in the rest days, you can't get out, get outside of the tent because they are everywhere. And mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just full tundra. Yeah. Yeah, full yeah, tundra. Right. And they were Pretty following hard. you up on the wall. Sometimes you can climb away from them, like yeah. you get away That's from what, them. That's what we hoped, but right, no. I just we, we know we knew that the for the Australian guys was not that bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just had a really bad season yeah, or whatever. Right. But it was really really tiring, mm-hmm. uh, and we always hoped to get used to them, but no way. <laughs> no way. No. Even after four weeks, it was right. completely the same. Right. What was the uh, what was the trouble with the police? Uh, we don't really Being know. Typical, right? It was like uh, I think was first of all was a communication problem because mm-hmm. like, nobody was speaking English and we 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 don't speak Russian and I think we like kind of need an extra visa and we didn't know it and like the region is considered border region with uh, the U.S. even if there is the sea right. <laughs> the ocean in between. I don't know, it was like kind of tricky and we didn't under- really understand why. Because we had two hard days <laughs> dealing with them. Well, they're probably, I mean, a lot of times those guys are making w- something up because they want to they wanna shake you down. I, I, I don't know. Right. I, I mean, it's also, I think for them it's really hard to understand that someone is going there for climbing. You know, like, Sure. <laughs> like, why are you really here? You're in the middle of right. nowhere and th- there is, everything is flat mm-hmm. and you kind of, you try to explain that you are going climbing. It's really mm-hmm. hard to understand. Right. No, it's the same anywhere in in Mexico or wherever. Yeah. If they're you're not if they don't have a direct insight to climbing, it just makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. It's you're going to spend all this money. Yeah, to go there. All that, <laughs> for, haul all that gear and everything else to do what now? Yeah. Right. Right. So they didn't toss you in jail though, did they? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Not they put really, you sort but... of like. We got. We were you really to, scared. You had to stay there. Yeah. You weren't allowed to. No, to just go to, out to do whatever you wanted. It we, wasn't that bad, right. but like, yeah, we had a hard time. Did you have anybody? De- I mean, you did. Did you guys have like a handler or someone that? 
uh, yeah, was trying to run. Yeah, kinda... we got like this contact from the Australian guys. Sure. And he, this guy helped us read a lot, like right. uh, with the traduction and mm -hmm. translation and mm -hmm. everything was really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think without him it would be impossible to You'd be still there. be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, you'd still be there waiting for your visa at this point. Um, how did you get, was it your idea to go on this trip or did they ask you to go? No, so we had like the opportunity to make yeah. a trip all together. Okay. And yeah, we just started to, um, to share some ideas mm -hmm. and everybody was kind of motivated to go there because everybody was thinking about just a flat place. And, mm -hmm. When we saw the um, the pictures of the walls, we were super psyched to go mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool actually because before the trip we didn't know like we knew each other but not so well, and it was a really cool way like to know each other better. And the climbing was really good. I wouldn't go back, right? Because of the mosquitoes. Because of the mosquitoes, right. but the place is really cool. Right, flamethrower bring like a full on. <laughs> yeah, but I saw. I remember that's actually I saw some pictures on Instagram of that trip and. Uh, there's a lot of mosquitoes. Really yeah. a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's what traveling is all about. Yeah. You don't always just have the best time in the world. Um, you like it afterwards. Exactly. It's a cool trip when you think you about, yeah. When you think back to the, to the time there, it was really cool. Do you have any other ones? No, there are so many cool trips and mm -hmm. it's hard to, to remember. All. What about sort of dream, dream trips or, motive, or uh, goals? In terms of that, do you do you see yourself becoming an alpinist of, of the other kind, the, uh, the ice not, and snow sort of guy? Not really. No. No, not at the moment. I really would like to do something like uh, more alpine, mm -hmm. but always more like rock climbing sure. or mixed climbing, mm -hmm. and on like a technical terrain, but not so psyched for big mountains at the moment. Maybe we will. I will. Right. I don't know. Maybe when I get older. <laughs> Now, a really big dream is to go to um, Patagonia. Mm -hmm. Maybe this season, probably. I would really like to um, to try to um, free climb riders on the storm. Okay. This big dream since I was a kid. And otherwise, a big dream is to go to Baffin Island. Okay. So I hope to be able to go there in the future. You know, we've been talking about sort of alpinism. We've been talking about big route climbing and basically in the United, in the US I think we always think about like big route climbing as as pure trad climbing mm -hmm. um, but then once you get into the Alps and the Dolomites and all these places it does become like you have to differentiate between a yeah, big route that's, a lot of, that's got a lot of bolts on it versus a big route that's trad or mixed mm -hmm. or, or whatever else so again as a transition into trad climbing what, what do you think that sort of phrase means to you or maybe means in Europe or, or versus what, what we're talking about? Like, what's the passion there with trad climbing? But for me, I don't see B-Core climbing as trad climbing because, as you say, like in Europe, it's more when you do a, uh, like a, not a big one, but a multi-pitch climb, you always have some, some bolts or mm -hmm. some like pitons or whatever. And it's completely different from like... The granite multi-pitch in the US or right. so. For me, try climbing is more trying some like hard single pitches. That's what I'm like. If I think ab about try climbing, mm -hmm. I'm thinking about hard single pitches or you know like more grit, like big district or this kind of stuff. Okay. And 
it's a really big something that motivates me a lot uh-huh maybe because i'm sometimes i miss the you know like the projecting of sport climbing like trying hard sing hard moves or hard single routes uh, mm-hmm. like a one pitch route and um like i want to to combine you know like sometimes i i still feel the desire of trying some hard moves mm-hmm. hard single pitches but trying to combine it with um mental aspect okay or, so I really like to um, to find just hard routes that goes on on gear, and I really like the fact that you have to deal with um, the fear and okay. this kind of stuffs. And this is one of the for me of the best aspect of climbing. I was going to ask you that. So if we're talking about uh, one pitch trad, and you mentioned the Peak District, um, I've never been there. <laughs> right, <laughs> that kind of climbing yeah. where where you you. Um, like you just said, you have to deal with fear. Do you feel like you're you're good at that, or do you have a lot to learn with that? Um, in no. terms of like, you know, I think so, you know, I just think about climbers of all stripes, all generations, and some some people, it it appears to be no big deal, mm-hmm. you know, and other people can't do it at all, mm-hmm. and then. Most of us are sort of in between somewhere. I had to learn. Like yeah. I'm, I'm still learning. At the mm-hmm. beginning, I was super afraid of falling on on a piece of gear, and and yeah, you slowly get used to it. Mm-hmm. And I really like the process of of dealing with the fear and getting better. Like not getting better, but start to be, to be more efficient when you're mm-hmm. scared, and um, the fact. Of be able to understand if I'm doing something stupid or if I'm safe or mm-hmm. that. And I think that what that's why I really like this aspect of climbing, you know, like this process of learning and pushing yourself with not too much and find the right balance of pushing yourself but not too much. Not mm-hmm. too much. What about truly dangerous climbing? Do you play around with that kind of stuff as well? Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Like if I feel like I'm not mm-hmm. a kamik- kamikaze climber right. at all, I'm just. But I like to deal with this aspect of climbing sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, and I say truly because sometimes, you know, the fear is in your head, and and like falling on gear does feel scary, but you know, generally it's fine as well. But then yeah. there's climbs where, yeah, now I know that I can't fall. Or these are this is serious business. Uh, sometimes you yeah. can't fall, yeah, for yeah. sure. But I'm always scared. I'm not that kind of climber that oh, really? just doesn't care and go, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> You're always scared. Okay. You're operating <laughs> just that little bit of fear back there. No no. But yeah, as I said, I really like to try mm-hmm. to to push myself and to um, to deal with that so mm-hmm. try to to be able to climb hard if, if i'm scared and or uh, to understand if i'm doing something stupid or if i can like if i can do the route or right right i really like this this part it's uh was that something that came into play on the zodiac is it scary up there as a free climb not really no no not not so much for sure like sometimes it's scary but not so much the gear is not so good up there right. sometimes but it's never too bad i've never i mean i used to just aid climb those routes yeah. so i don't know what they were like as a free climb some of them were They're... scary enough as an aid climb but <laughs> but then again i mean a lot of them that once they got freed then 
fixed gear got it put in place and yeah that yeah so you have you replace some gear right. and like even if some gear pops yeah then you have a, a good piece just right. below and you have a lot of air below so you you never yeah the but that's hard to, to just knowing that you can fall forever and yeah. you'll be okay isn't always that comforting <laughs> no no for sure for sure no i'm i mean i've told myself that <laughs> oh i can fall forever on this it's, it doesn't usually help that much no no for sure it's super scary <laughs> i think I, I got more scary on some like maybe single pitches where i was trying to to not to place bolt or whatever right right yeah well you're close to the ground so yeah. that's really in the end it, it, yeah, it's yeah. easier to get scared sure well awesome well thanks a lot for sitting down thanks yeah and uh, I know your English started to run out of steam yeah, there because we're it is kind of late and you climbed all day and the beer is and you drinking beer. some beers <laughs> as usual on the Normacast but I totally appreciate you sitting down taking some time out of your Thanks your vacation you. and uh, I, th I hopefully are you you're coming back to the states sometime soon. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We'll come in for sure in fall. We'll go back to the valley. Oh, go to Yosemite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe before I don't know. Get yeah, back we'll, up on El Cap. Yeah, definitely. Right on. <laughs> when you go there for the first time, then you like for one time you always want to go back. It's right. So cool. There are so many routes, so many dreams. Right. So. Yeah, I know. It's like a there's you know the free climbing kind of. It's starting to get to where it's a lifetime of it on El Cap. That's really cool. Like last yeah. year, I think there were more, like when we were there, there were more sport climbers, or sport climbers, more like free climbers mm -hmm. on El Cap than eight climbers. Which yeah. Really cool. uh, yeah, it's like a huge playground for climbers. And I think in the future, there will be always more climbers there. Like always more free climbers. Free climbers, climbers yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, like eight climbing is not so, such a big deal in, uh, in Europe. There right. are not so there are not so many eight climbers. So when I, I say climbers, I'm always thinking about free climbers. Yeah, it's always been like that. Yeah. Because I mean, up until 15 years ago, you know, the nose got free longer ago than that. But up, up until this kind of revolution of mm -hmm. free climbing, it was. I mean, aid climbing was El Cap. Was the day? Yeah, it was that. That's your your dream was mm -hmm. if you were putzing around aid climbing on something smaller. You wanted, you to, go wanted to go and climb El Cap, like that, or Yosemite, go to Yosemite. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've watched it too. I mean, because I was that guy. I was, uh, I was the aid climber, the mm -hmm. dude out in the middle of there um, on some of those routes. That, frankly, you know, those would get freed if there was pro. Mm -hmm. You know, some of those, you know, those hooking pitches, those, you're hooking on holds, you're hooking on yeah, hand sure. holds, but there's no pro. Is yeah, the problem true. so? But uh, but yeah, that's it is pretty cool um, that that's been going down there, and uh, and it's like the Europeans, obviously the Hubers, and you know you just said that like we never mm -hmm. really had this like aid climbing ethic so much yeah. in Europe, and that's kind I think it's just because we didn't have like the rock is also yeah. is different. We we don't really have such big walls, mm -hmm. and it's just a different playground, mm -hmm. and so. But what I was going to yeah, what I was going to say is, it took a couple of euros. You know, those guys, the Hubers, were the they kicked the door open in terms of of free climbing on El Cap, even if it yeah. had, you know, the South they had been done and the nose had been mm -hmm. done, but then it was crickets, as we say, like nothing was happening, mm -hmm. and, and then they came. Yeah. yeah, in a lot of ways, I see that like era, and I think because of that, those guys brought a vision that said, you know, we should be free climbing up here. Not just the, the professionals. People can go up here and free climb. 
and then opening the free rider really did that for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even though that's kind of like the easiest route. Yeah, but it's still hard. It, but it's still really hard. Yeah. But it's a route that's at a level that, especially now, especially yeah, in now two, what people you know, doing, yeah. that's like, oh, I could do that. Somebody just sitting in their house, some, you know, in Boulder, Colorado, could be like, I could climb that. <laughs> and then, you know, as soon as that happens, it's like your mind expands and people's minds expand. And there are always more people climbing. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, stuff, yeah. we can climb up here. Yeah. You know, so that's cool. I really hope to see more free climbers up there in the next years. It'll be really cool. Do you guys ever get itch to uh, to speed climb, like to do no. one day's of these free ascents or we anything? We are really like that? bad with that. All right. <laughs> You'd have to get up early. Yeah, that's a big problem. Early. And, you know, like, I'm not a morning person. Okay. We work super well as a team, but we are slow. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Slow and steady. Slow yeah. and steady. Well, good. It's probably better that you're both like that and not just one. Yeah. Of you. Or you definitely. drive the other person nuts. Yeah. So All right. Same level. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks a lot for sitting down. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And thank you so much to Signore Larker for sitting down and uh, giving us some of his time. Just a tremendously psyched, friendly, nice guy. And I'm really glad we hooked up. And remember, folks, if you appreciate what goes on here at the Enorma Cast, what we bring you, the Royal We fact that the royal we took time out of his vacation to sit down with Jacopo to get you a little bit of Italian continental flavor, then please consider going over to enormacast.com and clicking out the help out tab. Follow the directions up there, like the Facebook page, write a review on iTunes, kick down a donation if you feel like it. A little bit from a lot of people goes a long way. Buy me an espresso, if you will. But if you haven't the means, that's fine too. Just spread the word and do what you can to keep this thing going forever. Okay, folks, I want you to stay safe out there. I just read about a simul-repelling accident. You know, I've simul-repelled a couple times in my life, and both times I was like, this ain't worth it, you know? Because by the time we take the time to make sure everything's perfect and clipping together at the end of the rope when we get to the anchor and all the extra stuff that goes with the freakiness of doing that, I don't think we saved any time. I think if we just zipped down separately, it would have taken just about the same amount of time. But anyhow, more to the point is that, remember, when you guys get out of the system, when you stop doing the on belay, off belay, leader leads, second follows, when the system starts to break down for whatever, you drop a piece, you need to be lowered, you need to go sideways, you want to simul repel, whatever it happens to be, when you break out of that basic system, that's when shit goes wrong. And sometimes it's necessary. Let's face it, the system doesn't apply to every single situation. But please, when the system is being changed, when you guys are breaking out of that basic run-of-the-mill climbing system, go on high alert. Okay, it's time to go on high alert. And don't let the system break down just out of laziness. All right? So remember, use your signals, check your knot, communicate before you leave the ground. Please, please, please. Youth is grand, life is grand, and you do not want to lose it just because of the silly game we play. Want a beer?
You gonna call room service? We got beer. You haul beer up this rock, you're insane. I may be insane, but I'm not stupid. I didn't carry it. You did. It's in your pack. <laughs>